0: Welcome back to 1330 WRAM and FM 94.1. We are joined on the telephone by Congresswoman Sherry Bustos, who is on her farewell tour for Illinois. Welcome, Congresswoman.
1: Thank you, Vanessa. I appreciate you having me.
0: All right. Let's talk about uh, your farewell tour. How's it been going?
1: You know, really well. It's it's, uh, a time to reminisce a little bit about the last 10 years uh, serving this region in Congress. And uh, looking ahead a little bit as well, and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's it's all good. I'm proud of uh, what we've been able to able to accomplish over the last decade, and um, you know, proud the, of the committees I've served on, the the uh, farmers that I've been able to represent, and uh, just the families in the 711 in this congressional district.
0: Yes, 711,000. Wow. And speaking of the farmers and the agriculture uh, committee that you, you sat on, what the, one of the most important, um, how are you going to pass that torch on and uh, keep the agriculture, the you know, is still a, a central part of what's needed for our nation?
1: Yeah, so um, I worked my way up to being able to chair a subcommittee on the House Ag Committee, which um, I used that to travel all around the country and hold field hearings and listening sessions with hundreds of family farmers with one question that I would throw out, which is, what do you want to see in the 2023 Farm Bill? And uh, I've I've been involved with writing two Farm Bills and actually serving on what's called the Conference Committee, working out the differences between the Senate version and the House version of the current Farm Bill that we're all living under. And so I wanted to make sure, even though I'm not going to be in Washington, D.C., to finalize what the 2023 Farm Bill looks like, I wanted to help lay that foundation as the House Ag Committee and the Senate Ag Committee go in and start writing that bill. And what, what I would say, Vanessa, if I am to summarize what I heard all over the country, uh, number one, especially in our region or throughout the Midwest, it was about crop insurance and making sure that, that gets, that's in a good place. And then I would say out west, we did a, we did a field hearing out in Arizona and out there it's all about water. And some of the more specialty crops, some about um, employment and making sure that there are farm workers to, to help get the job done. But, um, the, the, but the common theme is really a strong safety net, especially in an era where we just don't know what's happening with the climate and what we're going to be facing from one season to the next.
0: Okay, that's that's so interesting. You're right. We do hear a lot about water in the Southwest and crop insurance, so necessary across the nation, or the livestock indemnity program, depending on where you're at and what type of farm or ranch that you have. So, the 2023 Farm Bill. What what are your expectations on how soon that might get, uh, you know, finalized?
1: Well, so the the current Farm Bill will expire next year. Okay, and so. Um, it, always do something like say hey we're just going to continue the current policy but but the 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 tradition of the farm bill is it's a five-year piece of legislation and so a lot of work goes into it you look at every single title within the farm bill that means all of them are examined what what is how i would approach it and, and obviously i'm not going to be in congress but is i would i would ask the questions what works um what should we start what should we stop what should we keep um what needs improving what needs to just go away And that's how I would approach this. We're we're going to have new leadership on the House Ag Committee. Uh, A gentleman named G.T. Thompson, who is from the state of Pennsylvania, will be the incoming chair. Uh, And because Republicans will be in the majority as of January 3rd in the House, uh, that means that it will be all Republicans chairing every single committee in Congress. That's just the way the rules are written. Whoever is the majority party, they chair all of the committees. And they also have... Uh, the majority of members and so um it will it'll be a different agenda than it would have been had democrats held the majority and so it will be up to to gt thompson the new chair of house ag to kind of figure out how that's going to look going forward what the timeline is but but the clock will be ticking as soon as the next session is sworn in on january 3rd to get that legislation written and get that passed
0: and the farm bill still contains a supplemental nutrition assistance program
1: it does, and in, in the history of that, and, and your listeners probably know, but the reason that the nutrition program is part of the Farm Bill is because if you look at the makeup of Congress, you have a, we have a lot of urban lawmakers who probably don't know a heck of a lot about crop. Uh, many of I, I know when I have guests from some of the coasts, they they drive through our through our congressional district, and they cannot believe all the cornfields and the bean fields and just the beauty of all of it, because that's not what they're surrounded with. Um, they have, there's, there's urban poverty and um, they want to make sure that, that children as, as do I uh, want to make sure that, that children don't go to bed hungry and that there's you know, a, a, enough funding for the nutrition program. And so if you look at that politically, you don't get votes from more urban lawmakers about farm policy if you don't include the nutrition program as part of the farm bill. And so that is why those, those have been partnered. And if you think about it, our farmers feed the nation, they feed the world, and, and part of that is making sure that we have a good nutrition program for families as well.
0: Okay. Also, you've been a major part of introducing legislation that's in regard to our fuels, especially renewable fuels uh, and or ethanol. Uh, kind of tell us where, where that looks like it will head in, in a direction next year.
1: Yeah, so um, we're actually – we've made some good improvements over the last uh, year and a half or so. We now have uh, year-round E15. Um, we've finally, under the current administration, we have these, uh, these small refinery waivers that were uh, passed out indiscriminately even to huge oil refineries like ExxonMobil. Um, we have that under c- control now where those aren't just being given out indiscriminately and hurting our ethanol business. Um, And then what what still needs to be uh, worked on and advanced is um, I wrote a bill called the Next Generation Fuels Act. And uh, the way to look at that is it requires the manufacturer of vehicles to be able to burn um, ethanol in all of the vehicles that they manufacture. Um, And some people may think, oh, well, we've got a lot of these. Uh, these vehicle manufacturers that are, are going to all-electric vehicles. But I think we have to realize that we're going to have liquid fuel for a long time to come. And um, we, if you look at the vast majority, 90, I don't know, 95 percent, I believe, are still fuel-burning vehicles that are on the road. And so we want to make sure that as we look at that, and even as, as America transitions to more of these electric vehicles, but that ethanol um, and our biofuels can play a part in um, in that transition, and so we we don't want to be left by the side of the road, and uh, we don't want big oil to, to um, get all of the the, the benefits of of um, the vehicles that are manufactured. So that's really what that's about. We'll have the you know the the um, incoming session of Congress will have to will take that over, uh, but um, you know I I hope that that can make some progress. And I think the other thing uh, worth mentioning is we've got this. Uh, later this week, we're going to be voting on our spending packages. And um, in that, we have um, a $25.5 billion for agriculture, which is a 3% increase from last year. So I, I think we've got an administration that recognizes the importance of agriculture. We've got a Congress, um, and we have a Senate that recognizes the importance of agriculture, and we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is through that.
0: Okay. And with this farewell tour, what would uh, what would you like to point out as some highlights of the last decade that you've served the 17th Congressional District?
1: Well, I, I would say, you know, a, a couple broader points. Is, uh, our office uh, was recognized as having the best constituent services of any Democrat in the House or Senate. Um, we were just honored with that uh, this past year. Uh, and, and really, that's a recognition of if if people in our region come to us, we do our best to make sure that we we're responsive. We return all of our phone calls, our emails. Um if, if people need help, with whether it's USDA or Medicare or Social Security, that we're there to help. Um, and uh, especially with our veterans, that's also been a key area where we've uh, done our best to be helpful. So we were just recognized as number one um, of all Democratic offices, and, and we also uh, this past year – um, we, we brought back uh, community project funding in Congress, and we were the number one Democrat in the House to bring back uh, funding for our own district. So what that looks like on the ground are things like having the, the biggest investment in our locks and dams system since they were first belt, built during the Depression era. We, we got $829 million for our locks and dam system. Um, we uh, were able to make sure that the Peoria Agricultural Research Lab in uh, it, under the U.S. Department of Agriculture that that stayed open and that we actually made uh, more investments in that for research. So I would say, you know, like on the ground, it's things like that, that when you just broadly talk about community project funding, well, what does that look like on the ground? And those are just a couple examples.
0: Sure. And you also enjoyed uh, partaking in the final 120th Sherry on Shift.
1: Yes, I did. And And one of those Sherry on Shifts was, um, as a uh, radio uh, reporter at uh, your radio station, Vanessa. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> and I know you remember because it was right when COVID was hitting. Yes. And, uh, and like everybody started getting in lockdown and all that. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I did 120 of these. And we call it Sherry on Shift just because, you know, it's kind of a clever name that plays off of, of my name. Um, but uh, it really what it is is job shadowing people and who are working really hard all around our congressional district, and it is—it's really been a way that I've learned about how people make a living, how hard people work, how they support their families, how they help their communities. And you know, I've—I've done everything from work at your station to um, to work at a, a carp processing plant, to uh, bagging groceries, to delivering UPS packages. To it, I mean, it's just been a whole variety of really interesting jobs. Um, And that totaled 120. My my final one was I. I was uh, worked at a, a brewery that makes vodka and um, and whiskey and <laughs> and actually uh, got to finish up having a drink. So, you know, not not a bad way to, to end my one hundred and twentieth on show.
0: Sure. We're talking with Congresswoman Sherry Bustos on her farewell tour here in Illinois. I know you only had about fifteen minutes set aside for this interview. So uh, let me let me ask you this. What have you learned uh, being in Congress what would you change if if you had a magic wand and and you were king for a day or, or queen for a day what what would you change and what have you learned
1: oh gosh I've really learned a ton I Congress is very different than I thought it was going to be um, I, I really thought that I would go out to Washington and you know we would we would sit down Democrats and Republicans and hash out legislation and um, you know, the, the, the old image of the smoke-filled rooms, I, I, I don't smoke and I don't want to be around a bunch of people smoking, but, but I, I don't mind having a beer and sitting down and get, getting to know people. And I, I really thought it would be more like that, and, and, it, and frankly, it's not. And, and um, so I, I think what I've learned is that um, e- even in an era that doesn't lend itself toward uh, working together, bipartisanship— um, you can find ways to do that, to build those relationships. Um, more than 90 percent of the bills that I've introduced, I've had um, – I'm a Democrat, but I've had a Republican co-sponsor on day one. Um, I, I passed a piece of legislation that is considered one of the, um, the best legis- pieces of legislation this century um, that allows um, – workers to be able to um, go past what's called forced arbitration and take cases to court or um, be able to talk with colleagues if, if there are incidents of sexual harassment, for example. Um, and I, we got 113 Republicans to vote for that, and we changed the language to make it more palatable to, to be able to get um, support across the aisle. So I, I think if, if there's something that I would love to see change going forward, is that with the new leadership in Congress, we're going to have a whole new leadership structure out there. I hope that they recognize the importance of always putting our nation first. Um, you know, politics, you, you, you have to you go through the political parties to get elected. Um, but after that, it's time to govern. And um, I've always, my, my husband, who was the sheriff of Rock Island County, um, I always loved his bumper sticker. His, the slogan on, on that was professional, not political. And his view on that is, is you got elected, but then after that, it's time to, to be professional. It's time to get the job done. And so I think if I had a wish for Washington, D.C., it would be that. It's just always, always, always put our nation first, put our people first, put our communities first. And uh, the, the politics, that's for when you're, you're on the ballot and you can, you can deal with that at, um, when, when that time comes every couple of years.
0: Okay. And that uh, sounds like a culture change you're wishing for in some ways, too.
1: Well, it really is, um, it's, but we're going to have a whole new leadership structure. We've had the same leaders um, on the Democratic side for uh, 20 years. My whole time out there, we had the same top leaders, mm-hmm. and, uh, we're, and, and we now will have a generational change. The, the new leaders out in Washington are a generation younger mm-hmm. than the, the, what the leadership's been for, for the last many years. So um, I, think, I think that's good. I, I think you've always – when I mentioned that I wasn't running for re-election – it's not like I'm um, I'm old by any by any means as far as like by Washington standards I'm like a, a teenager or a baby, but but I said is I, I want to make room for new ideas mm-hmm. and and, uh, and another generation and so that's really part of the reason why I wanted to uh, leave when I'm still happy and healthy and excited about you know what's ahead.
0: Okay, speaking of which, uh, what's next for Sherry Bustos in 2023, and and what what's the future hold?
1: Well, still working on it. Um, I can tell you that it will be a combination of, of various work, uh, but it will be around um, trying to make a difference in a, in a meaningful way in Illinois and in our nation. And, uh, but, I'm, but I'm still piecing all that together, and after I'm, I'm out of Congress uh, at, on January 3rd, I'll be able to talk a little bit more about that.
0: Okay. Looking forward to it. I'm sure you'll put me on the docket for another interview, right? absolutely Vanessa. (laughs) well i wish you a merry christmas a very happy new year and thanks for 10 years uh, of serving uh, the 17th congressional district
1: well vanessa thank you merry christmas to you and to your listeners and uh, thank you for always being fair and um, always being prepared and asking great questions i you certainly do right by our community uh, with the information that you share, and I really appreciate that this uh, last 10 years working with you that way.
0: Well, we sure try, and uh, don't uh, do not worry, you'll still get an invite to Ag Roundtables. I hope so. Thank you. All right. I'd love it. Take care. All right. Bye, Vanessa. That is Congresswoman Sherry Bustos on her farewell tour. A decade of results for Illinois is the name of the program, and you're listening to WRAM.